ஹலோ அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு சங்கம் லிட் திஸ் இஸ் நந்தினி கார்கி அண்ட் இன் திஸ் எபிசோட் வி பர்சீவ் த அன்இல்டிங் ஆட்டிடியூட் ஆஃப் அ கிங் அஸ் டெபிக்டட் இன் சங்கம் லிட்ரரி ஒர்க் புறநானூறு டூ ஹண்ட்ரட் அண்ட் லெவன் பெண்ட் அபவுட் த சேரா கிங் குடக்கோ சேரல் இரும்பொறை பை த போயட் பெருங்குன்றூர் கிளார் set in the category of padam tinai or praise the verse elaborates on the efforts taken to win the grace of this patron anjuvaru marabin venjina puyaleru anangudai aravin arundalai tumiya nindru kaanbanna neelmalai milira kunru thuva eriyum aravam pola murasi elundu irangum taanayodu thalai chendru araisupad kadakkum uraisal thondral nin ulli vanda oonga nilai parisilan valliyai aadalin vanangguvan ivan ena kolla maandar kodumai koora nin ulliyadu mudithoi mandra munnal kai ulladu pol kaatti வழினால் பொய்யொடு நின்ற புறநிலை வருத்தம் நானாய் ஆயினும் நான கூறி என் நுணங்க சென்னா அணங்க ஏத்தி பாட பாட பாடு புகழ் கொண்ட நின் ஆடுகொள் வியன் மார்பு தொழுதனின் பழிச்சி செல்வல் அத்தை யானே வைகளும் வல்சி இன்மையின் வயின் வயின் மாறி இல் எலி மடிந்த தொல் சுவர் வரைப்பின் பாஅல் இன்மையின் பல்பாடு சுவைத்து முளைக்கோள் மறந்த புதல்வனோடு மனை தொலைந்திருந்த என் வாழ்நுதல் படர்ந்தே A long song that sounds like the part B of the previous song written by the same poet to the same Chera King. The poet's words can be translated as follows. There is the age-old routine of inducing fear wherein a raging storm strikes and severs heads of fearsome snakes and that which makes watching mountains standing tall shiver as it tears apart peaks and resounds with a thunderous sound. Akin to that sound, drums rise and roar as your accompanying army crosses enemy resistance many. O famous ayah of great monarchs, with hope about you, I came here, a supplicant of a higher order. Thinking he is a generous one and so I shall bow to him, I told you about the cruelties of those heartless patrons and yet you did only what you wanted to. A few days back, you gave the impression that you are about to render unto me and then the following day, I realized that it was false. seeing that i stood in sorrow and yet you felt no shame about that putting you to shame i shall continue to praise you with songs many about your fame with my nuanced and just tongue saluting that triumphant white chest of yours i part from you now day after day owing to the lack of food rats perish on the old walls of my house and owing to the lack of milk even after suckling many times my son has forgotten to seek my wife's breast any more thinking of the shining forehead of my wife lost at home i part from thee let's take a deeper look at the verse the poet starts by talking about a phenomenon in the sky one that has been going on for ages together one that induces fear as if something has risen in a mad rage to chop the heads of snakes and makes even soaring mountains shiver tearing them apart with flashes of lightning and the resounding sound of thunder 
Here we see another instance of the Sangam belief that thunder and lightning destroyed snakes. Returning, we learn that the poet has evoked this image only to compare it with the war drums of this king that along with the powerful army conquers enemies many. Here, the poet follows the tradition of praising the king's courage before stating anything else. Then he comes to the matter at hand and talks about how he, a meritorious poet, came to this king's court thinking that he was a generous patron and even told stories of heartless kings that the poet met before who never did any good to him. The king seemed so sympathetic and even gave the image that he was going to resolve the poet's suffering. However, that turned out to be false and even when the poet's angst was visible for all to see, the king seemed to not mind that, the poet adds. Let that be, but putting you to even more shame, I shall keep singing your praise endlessly, the poet declares to the king. This reminds me of a technique that I have heard the Japanese follow. When they are angry about the service at an establishment, say a restaurant, they are known to leave behind an extraordinarily high amount as tips. Perhaps it's the same principle that this poet is following. By telling the king that you have not been good to me, yet I shall shame you by giving you something that you do not deserve and that is to sing your praise extravagantly. The poet then brings forth the poverty-ridden state of his home where rats seem to fall dead without finding anything to eat and his young son has forgotten his mother's breast for he has not found milk there in long. And so, the poet declares thinking of his wife's glowing forehead, he is going to part away. What a pitiable state indeed for an artist of worth. We have seen many poems in which the kings have rendered beyond the wildest dreams of the supplicants giving them elephants and chariots and now we are seeing the other end of the spectrum where some kings do not relent and render to the poets no matter their talent or poverty. It's ironic how the same social restructuring that arose with agriculture and accumulation of wealth in the hands of a few that led to these lasting creations of art also happens to be the reason for those artists' dependence on the benevolence of the wealthy and the consequent distress of poverty in their life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sangam Lit and journeying with me to ancient lands and mines. Please visit nandanikarki.com to share your thoughts and do spread the word about Sangam Lit. Until next time, Nandri Vanakkam.